Praise the Lord, everybody. We are thankful that you are joining with us this morning. We pray that you are doing well. Amen. We miss you so much. We wish you were here with us in person. But we are thankful that you are taking care of yourself, praying everyone is safe. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Many of you know it. You've quoted it. You know the story. And this is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. It speaks of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, I want to begin reading at verse 3. It says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. This morning, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on the subject, left, but all right. Left, but all right. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. God, I thank you for one more day, God, that I can stand here and deliver your word. God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, touch my heart this night. God, help me to deliver this word that you have given me for this hour and to these people. God, I pray right now that each and every one of them, God, though they may feel left, they may feel all alone today. God, let them know that they are safe in your hands today. God, we trust in you this hour. God, in every season and everything that we face, we put our hope in you. And we give you glory and honor and praise today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. This morning I want to share with you something that is on my heart. And it's something that the Lord showed me in our text. And There is so much to acknowledge in this passage of Scripture today. And I understand the importance of the overall message that Jesus was sharing. And it's the part that we all know and love. And and we open our Bibles. And if your Bible is like mine, the whole scene, the whole setup has a title above it titled, The Lost Sheep. I have felt such a heaviness in my spirit this week. Understanding that it has been three weeks since we gathered here on Father's Day in our new building. It's been three weeks without that smiling face. It's been three weeks without that wave across the aisle. Three weeks without that connection that we so desperately live for. For some it has been longer than that. Some have been asked by their jobs to quarantine. So even when some were gathered together weeks ago... Some had to stay at home. Some have health concerns and elected to stay home and have participated online so that they are making sure they are safe. So for some of us, it has been months since we have been able to see one another. And I don't know about you this morning, but that does not settle well in my spirit. When we say that we miss you, it is not wasted words. It is sincere from the depths of our heart. 
We miss seeing your faces. We miss the hugs. We miss the prayers. We miss the altar services where we could come together and encourage one another. And we're missing that so desperately today. We're missing coming into the house of God and fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters. And we're feeling lonelier and lonelier every day. When we say that we miss you today, when I declare those words to you that I miss you today, please know they are sincere and I miss every single one of you. I know today that there are some who have been courageous from day one of all of this and with no issues and that nothing has come up that has bothered them. They've been brave. They've been faithful and they've continued to trust in God. But they do have this one issue. That that is that they're not able to come into the house of God the way that they want to. But I also know today that there are some who are quarantined and they're concerned and, and, and they're not fearful. They're trying to use wisdom and they're trying to make decisions that, that are going to affect their jobs and their families. And they're trying to be wise. And, and so they're doing the best that they know to do. Some have used this time to draw closer to God. While others, I fear, have drifted away without ever realizing what has happened. When I was a young boy, I found myself out at Galveston one time with my family. And I had gone out into the water where I thought I knew where I was. And I played out there and I was playing so hard and swimming and on my boogie board doing whatever I was doing out there. And all of a sudden I turned around And I was so far away from where I had gone out and I did not even realize how far I had shifted. That happened so many times in our lives. We didn't, we didn't go that way intentionally. We haven't drifted away from God and church and and all the things that we're dealing with right now. We did not do that intentionally. But somewhere along the way, the waves begin to crash over us and the tide began pulling us and, and, and we started drifting. And before we realize what's going on, we are so far from our target that, that we don't even know where, where it is any, any longer because we've drifted. You hear me tonight? I understand that that happens in our lives and I understand that things take place, but you've got to know where you belong. You've got to know where you are and you've got to know that there is a God who knows right where you are. There are some today that are watching online this morning and you have not missed a single service. And not only have you had it playing in the background, but you've sat there and and you've participated as if you were right here on the front row. And I applaud you today. But I also come with a heavy heart today that I, I understand that there are some that perhaps don't even know that today is Sunday. There are some who have had an altar in their homes since the very first day they were saved. And I understand there are perhaps those that are watching online this morning that have never had an altar in their home. Hear me this morning. I do not come today with bombs. I come here today with a burden in my heart. I am here this morning understanding your concerns, understanding your troubles, understanding that so many of us... 
are in a place right now where we feel left, we feel forgotten, and we feel forsaken. We feel abandoned. We feel like nobody sees us, that nobody cares about where we are, that nobody knows about what we are going through. We feel so out of place and out of touch. We feel bogged down and discouraged, and we feel the weight of this hour. Not only the physical day-to-day grind that we are living in right now in 2020, but in the spirit, there is a heaviness that is trying to consume us and distract us and cause us to feel forsaken. Some of us perhaps were already struggling before all of this has unfolded this year. Life was hard enough as it was. And now we are facing a pandemic. Now we are facing issues and and other things going on in our culture and in our world. And, And there seems to be so much uncertainty before us. And we're sitting here saying, God, I was already feeling lost. And and now I completely feel forsaken. God, I was already struggling back in January and February at the start of this year. But then everything else that has gone on has just piled the dirt on top of me and I feel like I'm being buried by it and I'm feeling so disconnected, so unloved and so lost. Not only do we feel forgotten today by our church family, not only do we feel forgotten by our friends, but perhaps some of you have even gotten to the place where you have felt forsaken by God. We feel that way towards God and we've cried out, God, where are you? God, are you in my world? God, are you involved in all of this? Do you know what's going on? Do you see the trouble that I'm in? Why are we facing this? Why is my church facing this issue? Why is my world going through what it is going through right now? Why is there so much hate? Why is there so much bitterness? Why is all of this happening? And God, most of all, why am I all alone? God, why have you left me. I am thankful today that some of you have been earnest in your prayers. You've utilized that prayer closet and you've gotten the word of God off of the bookshelf again and you've opened it back up and you've read it and you've highlighted it and you've made it a part of your daily routine. You've allowed God to come into your home again and your home to become the house of God during this season. You've spent more time reading and studying and fasting during this time, praying for direction. But I also know That there are some that are watching this morning that have been so discouraged. Some of them that feel like the one with the palsy. You want to be more involved. You want to do more, but you can't. Physically, mentally, spiritually, you're just lying there on a bed. You can offer nothing. You feel like you're left all alone. You feel like nobody cares about you. And then you hear that Jesus is in town. And you hear that Jesus can touch your life. But even still, you're immobile. Even still, you can't get to where he is. Even still. 
still you are all alone in your handicapped life. But there are people that can come around you and you're saying, oh, I just wish I had four people that could come. Four friends that would call me and encourage me. Four friends that would say, you know what? Why don't we go help that one out? Why don't we go encourage our brother? I I just wish I had four friends like that today. That would come to where I am and help lift me up and take me to where Jesus is. We feel like the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Who when Jesus asked, do you want to be made whole? We know in our minds and in our hearts, we're crying out, oh yes, that's what I long for. I long to be made whole. But we too feel like we are in a place where nobody cares And as soon as we try to make a move, somebody's already beat us. As soon as we try to do something, somebody else has already done it. And we look to Jesus and we say, as much as I would want to be healed today and be made whole, there is no man here to help me. We feel hopeless. We feel useless. We feel like we are on our own today. Some of us feel like no one cares where we are. We haven't gotten a card. We haven't gotten a knock on our door. Nobody's delivered us any goodies. Nobody's called us on our phone and we feel like we've been forgotten by everyone. And I mentioned this Something I wrote back in the first week of March. The word quarantine by definition is a period or a place of isolation. And I understand that we are doing this for safety. I understand that we have made a decision as a church body to do this. To ensure the safety of our elders and the safety of our children and our family and our loved ones. But you hear me, the enemy, while I do not give him any credit today, for anything. I know he will use this place of isolation to feed you every lie that he has, to tell you that you are forgotten, to tell you that you are left and you are forsaken. He will tell you to give up and throw in the towel because it's the end. He will tell you you can have church all by yourself, that you don't need a pastor, that you don't need a man of God in your life. He'll tell you that you don't need a church family, that you don't need to worry about anyone else but you because everyone else isn't worried about you. So you need to not worry about anybody but yourself. Go ahead and be selfish. Go ahead and enjoy the sins of this world. Nobody cares. Nobody knows where you're at. Nobody's going to notice if you walk off that way. Nobody's going to notice if you take your own life. Nobody's going to notice if you do this or that because nobody cares about who you are. Nobody cares about what you're going through. Don't you know you're in the wilderness? Don't you know you're in a place of loneliness? Don't you understand that God has left you and God has forsaken you? Don't you see you're in quarantine? You're in isolation and you feel all by yourself? Don't you know you can't even go into the house of God today? 
Hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. It's easy to believe some of those things when we are beat down and we are discouraged. Some of you say, well, I can stand against those attacks. I I, I can listen to those lies and I can stand against it and rebuke it. Maybe you can, but I believe today there's others that have been beaten down by those lies of the enemy. And they've been beaten down by all of the ridicule and all of the shame that he has thrown to them. And today they are weeping in their home. They are weary in their home. They are weary in their wilderness today and saying, maybe he's right. Maybe I am forgotten. Maybe I am all alone. It's easy to let those words get to you when you're weak. It's easy to give ear to those voices when you don't see the miracle you've been praying for and when nothing is getting better and when it doesn't seem that God can hear you. But you hear me this morning. You are not forgotten. God still knows what he's doing. He still knows right where you are. Don't get confused in this hour. Don't get distracted in this season. You are not forgotten. Don't tell me this morning that the devil doesn't know when to attack your mind. Don't tell me he doesn't know when to sneak in and start whispering in your wilderness. He knows when you are in your wilderness that that is when it is the perfect time to come and to try to destroy you. For he even did this to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He had just been baptized and now the Bible says the spirit did not lead him up into a high and glorious mountaintop. It does not say that the spirit led him to a place of power and prosperity. It does not say that the spirit led him to glory. It says the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The Passion Translation says it like this. Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. You hear me this morning. You've been taken to that place of loneliness, that lonely wilderness, not to abandon you, not to destroy you, not to ridicule you and shame you, but you have been led there by the Spirit in order to reveal your strength against the accuser, that you may stand on your own two feet and say, I understand the purpose in this now. The reason I'm in this lonely wilderness is God is trying to reveal his strength in me. He's trying to show me I'm stronger than I think I am. He's trying to show me I can be bolder than I believe I am. He's trying to show me I can withstand against the enemy in this hour. But the Bible says... And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, as you can imagine afterward, he hungered. He was hungry. And so the devil uses what he knows you are and where you're at and he uses that against you. He comes to you in the wilderness because he knows you're weary. But he comes to you when you're hungry. And he says, why don't you turn these stones into bread if you're God? 
But Jesus answered and said unto him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. But Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him today. How was that able to happen? How was Jesus able to withstand? Because he said that the spirit led him there into that lonely wilderness to show him that he could, to prove to him that he could, that he could reveal his strength against the accuser, that every time the accuser comes to you, I ask you today to do the same thing Jesus did and say, I know where I'm at. I know that I am hungry, but it's not about the the wilderness that I'm in today. It's not even about how hungry I may be today. It's about what the word has already said said about what the word has already spoken. It is written. It is written again, I tell you. It is written. It's already been said and it's already been done. Hear this word today. Your wilderness is not what it seems. The wilderness is not somewhere that you are led to by Satan. No, you are led to the wilderness by the Spirit. You're led to the wilderness by God. You're led to the wilderness by your purpose that God has put on your life. The wilderness is not somewhere where you are taken to be killed off. The wilderness is not somewhere for you to trust God and then him say, all right, I'm abandoning you here and I'm leaving you here to die. No, the wilderness is a place that the spirit will take you in order to reveal your strength against the accuser. I ask you today, how will you respond when the lies come? How will you respond when Satan comes to taunt you today? How will you respond? to the accuser today. But you see, we, we look at the wilderness and, and, and we've been painted this picture. It's a place of barrenness. In its very definition, it is a place that is uninhabited. It's an empty pasture. It's desolate. It's a desert. Or as that passion translation said, it is a lonely wilderness. We see it for what it is. And it terrifies us. It's so unattractive. You don't want to think about the wilderness. You don't want to think about an empty pasture. You don't want to think about a lonely place. You don't want anything to do with that. But you hear me, it has nothing to offer. And it leaves me wondering, does God know what he's doing? Has God forgotten about me? 
The wilderness is a time when you appear to be going in the opposite direction of your dreams and the spirits leading you and taking you to this wilderness. And you're saying, oh God, but you promised me a promised land. God, why are you taking me this route? This is opposite of the way I thought we should be going. Why are we going this route? Why am I going this way? God, you're the one that told me that, that you had a purpose, that you had a plan for my life. God, but now it seems that my wilderness, God, is consuming me, God, and it's keeping me from, from the place of my dreams. The wilderness is that place where we feel like we need God the most. But so often it's the place that he seems the furthest away. God, right here in my wilderness is when I need you. But God, right here in my wilderness is when you seem so far. But even Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But know, know today that it is only how it seems, not how it is. I wish someone watching today would know beyond this wilderness is a promised land. Beyond this place is a lost sheep returned to the fold. And your pain is not being wasted. You see, you find Job in a wilderness experience. He had lost all that he had. And he got to the place where he was so consumed with that place he was in. That he said, it would have been better if I had just died. It would have been better if God would have taken me a long time ago. But you hear me, Job. Your wilderness experience will not be wasted. Because I'm going to give back to you more than what you ever had before. Abraham and Sarah got called out of their family's home to go to a place where they did not know. But the Bible says that they journeyed and faithfully trusted in God. But much of their journey led them through wilderness. Moses did not grow up in the wilderness. He grew up in Pharaoh's home. But would spend 40 years watching sheep on the backside of the desert. It was there in the wilderness that he had an encounter with a burning bush. Where he took off his shoes because he was able to stand on holy ground. And have an encounter with God that he could never have imagined. And it happened in a wilderness. And then you find him leading God's people out of Egypt. Across the Red Sea. And And just when you thought the wilderness season was over, you enter again into the wilderness. It's in the wilderness you find Joseph being thrown into a pit. Samuel prophesies over a young boy who would be named King, who would replace Saul. Yet shortly afterward, David found himself preparing for the throne by dwelling in caves and wandering in the wilderness. You see, just because you've already been anointed, just because God's already kind of told you what he's got purpose for your life, that doesn't mean you're elevated that day, but but sometimes you have to go to caves and and you have to wander in the wilderness for a little bit to, to prove some things, to test some things in you, to try you, to get you to a place where you can trust yourself and you can trust God. David was being prepared in the wilderness. Bible says that John the Baptist had the word of the Lord come to him in the wilderness. 
In Galatians, Paul tells us that he too experienced a wilderness. John found himself on an isle called Patmos. It was a barren and lonely place. A perfect spot for a wilderness experience. You hear me this morning. If the wilderness was required for each of those. And I see what became of them. And I see that John didn't have to die as a martyred victim. But he was able to live a long life and write about all the things that he saw and said, I, John, was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I got to a place where I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I got to the place where I saw no more seas. If I could be Abraham and Sarah, and though I've got to travel through wilderness, that's not the ultimate destination. If I could realize as a child of God that I'm walking right now in wilderness, but the end is a promised land, then God, today I receive my wilderness. I receive this season of life that I am in today that I don't yet fully understand. But God, I trust you. I trust your purpose and your timing. God, and I receive my wilderness today. God, today let me see that it's the preparation ground for future fruitful work in your kingdom. When you go back and you read Exodus, when Moses led God's people out of Egypt, after all God had already done, all the miracles, all the signs and wonders that they had seen God do, then they look up and they see Pharaoh and his army coming. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus? To carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt? We told you to leave us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians. We told you just to leave us be. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians. Than that we should die in the wilderness. I don't want to be in the wilderness. I don't want to die here. I'd rather be in bondage than be in the wilderness. I'd rather be tied to my past than be in the wilderness. And so the Bible says later on that all the people, they murmured and they complained against Moses and Aaron and against God. And they were so frustrated and they did all of this in the wilderness. Exodus chapter 16 says, and the children of Israel said unto them, I would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I would have rather died in bondage. I would have rather died there where I was at than to be brought to this place and this season and now die out of hunger. God said, okay, you're hungry. Okay, you need something. I'm there for you. The Bible says, and Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded. All this manna that I've now been feeding you, I want you to take it and I want you to put it in a pot. That they may see in future generations 
the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. What are you saying? I'm saying that even in your wilderness, even in your murmuring, even in your complaining, I took care of you. I provided for you. I never left you. I never forsake you. I, I, I took care of you every single day. And I want that to be something you remember later on. So I want you to fill this pot with bread. And I want it to be told of generations to come. That even in your wilderness, I took care of you. Even in that place where you felt alone. Even when you were wishing that you could go back, I remembered you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. I want you to remember how I led you in the wilderness. I did this to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep my commandments or no. The wilderness is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the complainers or the murmurers. It's not for the doubters. And it's not for the timid. They viewed it as such a bad thing that they would rather have died where they were in bondage, where they were beaten, where they were held captive and treated like scum than to die in the wilderness. How is that even possible? Because they could not see that while they were in a wilderness, God was still with them and God was still moving and God was still working. That they, they didn't realize that though they were in a wilderness, their family was still there with them. Their friends were still there with them. Nothing had changed other than the fact that God took them from one place and moved them to another on a journey to a promised land. But they were so caught up in what used to be and where they used to live and that old way of life that they could not see past where they were at in their wilderness. You hear me? I know it's something we've said for a very long time, but I want you to Speak it and declare it and believe it today. God won't lead me where he will not keep me. God won't bring me to this season in this hour of 2020 for such a time as this. Just to leave me and abandon me. No, he brought me here for a reason. He's called me to live in this hour for a purpose. And if you are in quarantine today, if you are in wilderness today, if you're in a bad place right now and you feel alone and discouraged, know this morning that God is taking you to that place to prove you, to show you that you can trust him, to show you that you're stronger than you think you are. God is doing it for a reason. Our text, it gives us some valuable insight that I think we often miss because we like to go to the end because that's the really good part. And we rejoice that the one was found. And we rejoice that heaven rejoices because that one truly is so important to God. And if you are that one today and you are watching online, know that God is coming for you. Know that God has not forgotten about you. That he doesn't know where you are today. He does know where you are today. 
He's coming for you. He's been reaching for you. He's been drawing you today. And he's willing to leave the 99 and and to come and find you today. But to the 99, you hear me. Don't let that cause you to believe that he does not care about you. For the Bible says in our text, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? This does not speak of one who discards ninety-nine to find one. This does not speak of one who is unkind, unfair, and unattentive to my needs. You see, but how can he leave me when his word says in Hebrews 13, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In Deuteronomy 31, he said, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. How can he leave me at a time like this? How can he leave me when my world is falling apart? How can he leave me in such a troubling hour? How could I be placed in quarantine and isolation when all of this is going on? When I need to be in the house of God, when I need to be in his presence, when I need him to be right there with me the most, how could he leave me? How could all of that happen when his word says he would never leave me nor forsake me but then I read that he leaves the 99 but hear me this morning it doesn't just say that he leaves the 99 it says he leaves the 99 in the wilderness what does that tell us this morning? That tells us if the wilderness were not a safe place, if the wilderness were not a God place for you, child of God, he would never have taken you through there to prove you. If the wilderness were a place for you to die, the spirit would have never led you to that place. If the wilderness was a place for you to be forsaken and lost, he wouldn't have led you there. I've got to realize this morning, the wilderness that I am in, the season I am in, it's a safe place. God has left me here because he knows that I'm taken care of. He knows that even when I'm left, that I am all right. That when he walks away to go find the one who is in far worse shape than I am, that I am in a safe place. Though I'm not in the house of God and I'm not in his presence like I want to be. I'm in a wilderness today. But you hear me, God left you in the wilderness because he knew right where you would be when he got back. And as long as you stay there with the fold and you don't get your feelings hurt and you don't say, well, God left, so I'm leaving. God walked away, so I'm going to walk away. Don't go, don't go anywhere, sheep. Stay right where he left you. Trust that he's coming back. Trust that he knows right where you are and he's going to come back again. And not just come back again, but he's returning with the one who was lost. My wilderness is a safe place, but that does not make it an easy place. No one said it was perfect. No one said it was grand. But if he's willing to lead me there, and if he's willing to leave me there, then I've got to understand that I am all right. 
Listen, 99, I know it seems like Jesus has forgotten about you in your season. But perhaps he's out there looking for your son. I I know right now it, it seems like he's leaving, but perhaps he's out there looking for that little lamb that wandered off a few years ago. And he's out looking for them. He's been counting and he noticed that your daughter is the one that's missing. And so it seems as though for a season he has, he has moved into a different place because he's trying to restore it to the fold. Perhaps it's your friend that needs him right now. He did not just leave us, period. That would be a tragic story if a man was willing to leave 99 without a care, without a place, without a place of safety and go after that one. But God is so unique and so beautiful in how he tells this. He wants you to make sure that you get it. I'm not just leaving you. I'm leaving you in a wilderness. I'm leaving you in a place where I know where you're at. I know what you're going through and I know how to get back to you. Isaiah 51 and 3 says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. He will comfort all of your waste places. All of the places of barren and emptiness and dryness. He said, I'm going to comfort all of those places. He said, he will make your wilderness like Eden. He's going to make it fruitful. He's going to make it full. Just stay where you're at, sheep, just a little bit longer because that barren, empty place that you're calling a wilderness is about to be full. It's about to be like Eden. That desert you are in can be the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found there. Thanksgiving can be found there. And the voice of melody can be found there. Listen, I know what we're living in right now. It's not ideal. It's not the perfect scenario. It's not quite the promised land we were all hoping for. But we haven't made it there yet. But hear me this morning. How we respond in our wilderness experience will determine whether or not we have a promised land experience. I know you feel alone. I know you feel lost. I know you miss people so badly. But I want some Someone to realize this truth with me this morning that we are all in the wilderness together. There are 98 other people right along with me that are in the same wilderness as I am. And God left me here right with the rest of you in this place. And we could look around and we could complain and we could murmur and we could gripe against God like the children of Israel did. But you hear me this morning. I don't want to die in my wilderness. I want to see the promised land that God has for me. And whatever I've got to endure, whatever I've got to go through, however I've got to wait on Him to come back with that one lost sheep, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to remain obedient. I'm going to remain faithful to the house of God. Faithful in my tithing and my giving. Faithful in my prayer life. Faithful in my walk with God. Faithful in holiness. Faithful in all that I do, 
I'm going to stay here and I'm going to wait and I'm going to understand that we are all in the same boat. If God chose to lead his people through the wilderness, he didn't use their experience to destroy them. He said he used it to prove them. He didn't leave the 99 to go to waste. He didn't leave you helpless. No, he left you with 98 others so he could go find that one who's at rock bottom. If he has the whole world in his hands, we sang that song when we were children, then why be concerned in the wilderness that I'm left in? I've got to know today that though I may be left, I'm all right. That though he's walked away for this season, he knows right where I'm at. He's as close as the very mention of his name. And I know you feel like he has walked away. But hear me this morning. He left you in a safe place so that he could restore that one back to the fold. He sees you in your quarantine. He sees you at home right now while I'm here and you're there. But he knows right where you are and he knows right where I am. And he's saying, just just stay where you're at. Remain faithful. Don't walk away while I'm trying to reach for the one. Don't wander off in this wilderness while I'm trying to reach your lost son and your lost daughter and your lost friends and the backsliders. Don't, don't walk away in this season. But trust me, stay where you are and know I have left you in a safe place. My word is as true today as it has ever been. I am not a liar. I stay true to my word. And if I said I will never leave you nor forsake you, know that when I said I leave the 99, it's because I'm leaving you in a safe place where you're kept, where where I know that I can come back and you're still going to be there when I return. No, today your wilderness is right where he wants you to be. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you today. God, you see us. God, every one of us, Lord, that feels so disconnected. God, you've seen us, God, at home. Everything we faced and gone through, you've seen every trouble and every trial. God, when it looked like it was over, God, here we are yet again, stuck in home. God, quarantined. We're in a place all by ourselves as though we feel. God, a place of loneliness, that lonely wilderness, oh God, that even you had to go to. God, but there's a purpose for my wilderness today. There's a plan for the place that I am at today. God, and though I don't see it right now, though I don't fully understand, God, I do know that you will never leave me. God, you will never forsake me. You have not abandoned me. You've not left me here to die. God, you have not forgotten that we long to be in your presence, your house again. God, you see our burden. You see our desire. You see that we want to be back in your presence at Greater Life Church and be there, oh God, in body. But God, today, whatever reason I am in this wilderness, God, I trust you. God, whatever you're trying to show me, God, and prove me, God, I receive that today. 
Oh, I speak to you, sheep, that you feel lost and abandoned today, even while watching online. It's just not the same. And you've cried and you've prayed and you've tried to connect. You've tried to worship with the songs that are recorded. You've tried to worship with those old songs that we've gone back and played for you. You've tried to respond to the preacher who's preached to a camera all the way to where you're at, but you just are praying and you're saying, God, it's just not the same here. God, it's not the same, Lord. God, it's not the promised land I was hoping for. All the while, he's saying, just hold on a little bit longer. I'm trying to prove you this morning. I'm trying to get you to a place where you are meant to be if you'll just wait and trust me and know that when you are left, you are all right. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I encourage you right now, find a place in your home and say, God, right here in my wilderness, right here in my quarantine, right where I'm at at home, God, there's a purpose. God, and I trust you. God, that when I'm left, I'm all right. And I pray that God would be with you this day. I pray that he would keep you this week. And pray that he would continue to work and speak to your life this week. And encourage you until we can be together again. And that one day I know of a certainty that we are going to enter into a land of promise because of our faithfulness. Because we continued. Because we endured to the end. I love you so much. I'm thankful Amen for this opportunity today. I pray that you've been blessed. Reach out to somebody this week. Let them know that they are loved and missed. Encourage your brother and sisters this week. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.